Welcome back to the Tradition's Finest Podcast, episode 27. We are back for our our two-week hiatus. Where we, uh, the meeting of the minds. Yep, we we linked up and, and discussed our options moving forward. and We've decided to stop the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Yep. See you later. <laughs> Sorry about it. Nope, uh, we, we decided to continue on, uh, just kind of take a two-week break um, and, you know, regroup and reassess things moving forward. Um, and, yeah, so we're going to eventually get into some video later on. Um, you know, as we continue to progress, we'll eventually have some merch and all that, but we'll, we'll kind of get there. Um, we talked about a lot, but we didn't get everything accomplished in the two weeks. No, we didn't. Um, no. if you are new or just discovering us, cause we are now uploading to all uh, major yeah. so, medias, uh, media podcasting platforms. So uh, we are, at, we, you can, you can view and list or listen to traditions finest podcast now on Apple music, Spotify, um, any of the major providers, um, you know, yeah. So you have no excuses anymore to say, Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't fucking find you, man. I couldn't. Well, now you fucking can. So we are yeah. expanding our horizons and broadening yep. our net. Hopefully we get, a uh, get some more listeners in and yep. expand our fan base. I yeah, guess. Um, exactly. If you are new here or this is your first time listening to us, uh, my name is Spencer. My name is JD. We do uh, mostly sports. We, yeah, we discuss mostly sports, but we also um, dip our paws into uh, other areas. We try to stay away from the obvious religion and politics for obvious reasons. But we, uh, yeah, we, we dabble in um, breaking news and so on. I wouldn't say that. We'd. We give you our take on yeah. some of the news. Yeah. We're not media personnel, so we no. don't break anything. No, we're not going to break shit. But, you know. Except for our... If, if something ridiculous happened while we were recording this, and it just like an alert came over ESPN, which is what you know is on the TV at the moment, if something that big happens, then yeah, you know, we'll... We'll we'll release it to you guys. We'll we'll kind of touch on it, but obviously, until then, we're gonna we're gonna stay in our lane. Yeah. If you are a return listener, you'll probably notice that we uh, changed up the way that we do things a little bit. Yep. Um, we're gonna change up our introduction method here mm-hmm. in just a second. Uh, we have also limited the amount of topics that we cover because we were so stretched thin that we felt like the product that we were putting out wasn't as good as it could have been. Yep. Um. So we've decided to limit the scope, the, yeah, the scope of what we cover and talk about. Uh, now that doesn't mean that we're just going to go to a strictly a college football podcast. No, no, I mean no, that no. is, like we've said on here before, that is our primary focus when yeah. it's in season. But now that we're in college basketball and we've got the NBA going on, probably right. more college basketball than NBA, yeah, because the NBA's. Trash. Mostly unwashable. But, <laughs> Until uh, the playoffs come around. And, anyway. and we'll talk about any kind of news that pops up, and you'll probably see that throughout the course of this episode. We're going to oh, yeah. talk about news. I mean, we got a lot of news that's still pertaining to college football and still relevant coaching yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but since we kind of got that out of the way, is there anything else we want to leave before we really um, kind of start the show? Yeah. So just, uh, just want to, I guess, welcome all of our 
returning listeners, if there are any, then welcome back. Uh, any new listeners, um, welcome to the shit show. Um, we we are we're here, and when we we are unapologetically us. Yep. That is a that might go on a T later on. You might see that, but uh, anyway, let's uh, let's dive right into. We're gonna kind of change these up, like you said, with our introduction. Um, we've kind of bounced some names of of this segment back and forth. Um, nothing concrete yet, nothing even remotely close to being uh, finite at this point. But um, basically, we're we're just going to allow each other an opportunity to discuss something that they have uh, that's on their mind, or that they've they've seen, heard, watched something, you know. And uh, they just want to get out, or if they just want to rant or, or bitch about something, then then this gives us the the opportunity to do so without being scorned. Um, so yeah, Spencer, do you want to get us going with our first topic that that's on your mind that you really just want to want to get off your chest or you want to bitch about? Yeah. Um. So my topic is uh, it's pretty you know current events related. Uh, it's taxes. Now, I I don't know. It's probably because I'm dumb. I went to a really shitty public school. Um, didn't even graduate from it. So GED gang. Yeah. GED's up. GED's up. <laughs> but uh, it was um yeah my my part my problem is uh taxes right now yeah and more specifically I get taxed what probably forty percent of my total income. Yep. So I'm getting my money. My money's getting taxed on the front. Mm -hmm. And then I go to a store or I go to a <coughs> restaurant and then I'm buying taxed goods with taxed money. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the year, the IRS sends a form <laughs> and depending on where you fall in the tax brackets, right. they could say, Hey, we noticed that we took or we didn't take enough from you right, this year. Right. So we need you to send this amount of money. Yeah. We're not going to tell you how much. Right. You have to figure that part out. Right. But you have to send this much money or your ass is going to prison. Right. So. Or we'll, or, or we'll deduct your paycheck. And right. We'll, we'll, we'll take. We'll, yeah, we'll we will garnish take, your wages. Right. We'll garnish your wages. Send your ass to prison. So yep. taxes is my big thing. Now, yep. obviously, I mean, I think everybody's probably got their right. W-2s back by now. Mm -hmm. um, and a, a lot of it's probably because I'm dumb. I, I don't pretend to be a smart man up here. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm opinionated. Yeah. And most of them are probably wrong. Right. But taxes are just infuriating. <laughs> they piss me off. Yep. And now I'm also newly married with a new child. So now me and my wife have to figure out what we're how we're going to file. Are we going to file married filing right. separately? Yep. Is she going to get both of the, de the dependents? Right. Am I going to take one? Am I going to take two? I don't know. It's so fucking confusing. Yeah, it is. Because you also want to maximize the amount that you get back mm -hmm. or at least soften the blow from what they're going to take from you. Right. But you also want to do it legally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a shit show. It is. I don't know why they don't cover this in school. I don't know why they entrust in us to do this the right way. I certainly don't want to hire somebody that's going to take 30% of my tax return. You know, just speaking on that, you know, they, they, 
there's so many different classes that at high school, like that should be offered. Like it is shocking to, to see and to, and to find out and know how many people do not know how to correctly fill out a check. I'll be honest, man. If you put a check in front of me right now, I'd probably fuck it up too. Well, see, and that's that. That's what I'm saying. Like, there needs to be more classes in high school. You know, nowadays we've got all these AP advanced placement classes. Fuck all that. Let's teach these kids how to write a check. Let's teach these kids how to how to balance a checkbook. How to um, if there is anyone. On God's green earth, still balancing a checkbook. Please email us, <laughs> please, because I I cannot fathom in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty four <laughs> someone is still but balancing you should, a checkbook. But you should be capable of doing it though. Not not that obviously we have all the means. Not it's not necessary. But ten years ago, obviously that that was the thing. And so yeah, I mean. Um, well, now, anyway. as long as you can log into your bank's <laughs> app, you can right. balance your checkbook, yep. quote unquote. But yeah, um, taxes, fuck them. Don't understand them. Yeah. Don't get it. Don't like them. It's em. thievery. And uh, I'll see you all in Boston for the next tea party. <laughs> JD, it's your turn. It's my turn. Okay. So mine, my um, little rant or, or story is... Involves a show that I recently watched on Netflix, an episode of a show, and I, I could not um, get it out of my mind today, to be honest with you. Um, so there's a show on Netflix. It's called Death in the Dorms. Uh, second season just, just dropped a few days ago. Um, one of the newer episodes is entails a guy who... Lived in Atlanta, Georgia. Had two uh, two brothers, a sister, and mom and dad. Um, was it in Atlanta, Georgia? Ended up going to the University of LSU, and back in 2019. And so he immediately goes and begins, you know, trying to figure out which fraternity he he wants to join. Um, and so they he takes part in the you know, Rush, which is um, have become a, a big thing nowadays, especially if you're familiar with TikTok at all. We actually saw our home state school kind of um, break the internet because of that. But he ended up joining Phi Delta Gamma, um, which is a, you know, a very popular fraternity there at, at LSU. And immediately, the father and the and, and the guy who joined were so impressed, and the reason why he joined is because immediately when they first went in to tour the house, they handed him up some paperwork. The very first paper said that was it was an anti hazing policy on how Phi Delta Gamma fraternity is anti hazing to the core. Um, long story short, guy ends up joining this fraternity. Um, the, the, the guys that were already a part of the fraternity ended up calling what's called Bible study 
why the hell they call this Bible study, not sure. But basically what this entailed was they got all the pledges to come in and they would be asked multiple questions that were in relation to the history of the fraternity, uh, dates, founders, names, and and so on. Anyway, and so the the if you missed a question, then the the uh, guy who was in the fraternity would tell the pledge take a five second pull, take a ten second pull. Only issue is they were not just drinking your just average drink or, or alcohol. These guys were taking pulls from 190 proof diesel. Everclear, baby. And long story short, again, guy ended up dying um, of, of alcohol poisoning. And um, the the main fraternity brother there was was uh, ended up getting arrested Um and they ended up creating the Max Grover Foundation, which is uh, his parents goes around all around touring different colleges, kind of giving, you know, lectures on the importance of um, not resorting to hazing. And, and obviously, Spencer, I'm sure Spencer knows all about there's been so many hazing, crazy ass stories through there. We, we couldn't even imagine to touch on any of them right now. But um, there's just been so many and that story just had like, first off, I hate LSU with a passion so that, you know, I was telling my wife, this is such a shitty ass school, but of course with a realization that this type shit happens everywhere. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my, uh, that's my topic. I wanted to share that with you guys. Outstanding. So go so, check out that show though. Yeah. So if you couldn't tell, this is obviously going to span a wide array of topics. Yeah. For sure. Uh, it'll be, sometimes it'll be rants. Sometimes mm-hmm. it'll be recaps of shows yep. or something that we watched, but this is something new that we wanted to do because we, we took a, a good hard look in the mirror. Yeah. The previous introduction where we just did a weekly recap and we realized that we were wasting 10 minutes of podcasting time just talking saying, about nothing because we don't do any damn thing besides work. No way. Yeah, all we do is work. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's sort of the new intro. Yep. Um, and if something does pop up in our lives, we will, you know, we'll take time to discuss yep. it. Uh, we're we're pretty much open books. Open books. Um, but yeah, hopefully that <laughs> one's a little bit more enjoyable, a little bit more attention grabbing. And yeah, uh, shoot yeah. us emails too, and let us know what you guys think. You know, yep. do you prefer this or do you prefer hearing um, us talk about how shitty our work week's going? Um, you could email us at traditionsfinest at gmail or um, tweet us on on Twitter or X at, at Tradition Finest. Um, but now, I guess since we got that little introduction sketch out of the way, are you ready to get into some of the sports news? Yeah. So we've been away for two weeks, and in our stead, the biggest football game of the year happened. It did. Uh, we did not plan that out properly. No. Uh, we kind of we our bread and butter is a sort of a fan reaction show. Yeah, and we decided to to take a take a two week break sabbatical. Yeah, a little sabbatical. <laughs> yeah, right after the Super Bowl, and we didn't even get a chance to talk about it or react. We did, especially since you are a, a very big Forty ers fan. Correct. So, would you like to lead us in your thoughts surrounding that game? So. 
my thoughts about surrounding this game is that it it was it sucked. It was fucking awful. Well, from a forty nine perspective, yes, the game <laughs> yeah. itself. But the was game was good. was great. It, it was it was a great game to watch. Just you know, as a sports fan, as a Niners fan, it was not a great time. I did not enjoy myself. Um, yeah. There's there's one thing I can take away from this game um, that that's that's just very clear cut, and, and there's nothing you can say other, that will combat this. Patrick Mahomes is he's a dude. He's a demigod. I mean, dude does not. I, I'm not gonna bash that team. I'm not gonna be the the Chiefs hater. Um, we we don't have those on Traditions Finest podcast. So, um, but. I will say this: Patrick Mahomes had the less, least amount of help this season than he has had since he has been in the NFL, and he still found a way to beat one of the best defensive, one of the, one of the best, best collections def- of yeah. talent. That yeah, you can absolutely, amass in the NFL yes. with a salary cap. Yes, I mean the Forty ers are loaded at. Every position. 18 positions yep. out of 22? Yep. Uh, I mean, yeah, this was the weakest that the Chiefs are going to be probably for the next decade. <laughs> right. Now, I mean, obviously that's subject to change because Travis Kelsey's getting up there in age. He's clearly lost a step. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, still, I mean, went 9 for 93 in the Super Bowl. Really, really showed out in the playoffs did. as a whole. Um, but, I mean – as far as receivers, I mean, Sky Moore still hasn't taken that step. This was year two for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kadarius Tony's, uh, he, I don't he know. Does, he does more help to his team when he is a healthy scratch, right? So, I mean, it, it's. I mean, I think Rasheed Rice is going to be a guy oh, that yeah. they can count on going, you know, into the future. But yep, I mean, Rasheed Rice just, is good. I just don't know, like, if you're an NFL fan, I, I like. The quality of the games, I just don't have a favorite team. That's right. really the only thing. Is like I just enjoy watching football. Mm-hmm. But if you're and if you have a favorite <laughs> NFL team and it is not the Kansas City Chiefs, this has to be like miserable. Oh yeah, I mean it. it immediately after this game was over, and and you know they win, they ended up winning twenty five to twenty two in overtime. Immediately, my my thought process went straight to this faction that, okay, we're we're just not going to win a Super Bowl. As long as this guy's in the league, the Niners might never win a Super Bowl. And, I mean, you got to – like, you almost have to feel sorry for Bills fans, too, because they're in the same boat that oh, you yeah, are right now. Absolutely. They're in, the, they're, you know, they're in the AFC with them. Right. They keep getting, you know, one or two steps away from playing right. for it. And they just keep – they just can't get over the hump. Nope. The, the Patrick Mahomes hump is – <laughs> It's, it dwarfs Mount Everest right we, now. We have that that picture stuck in our head. That's at this point, I think it's a it's probably became a meme at this point of Stefan Diggs just standing there with with both hands on yeah, his he's hips. He's still standing there. He's still fucking standing there, and uh, you know, yeah, just tough, man. It's it's tough going up against this guy. I want to also mention that dude's only twenty eight years old. Yeah, he's fucking my age. Third Super Bowl and slightly more accomplished. On pace to definitely shatter Tom Brady's record. I would I would say there's probably not 
a lot of chance that he sticks around until he's 45. No. But... I don't think he has to. No, he might not. And that's the scary thing. Right. right. Because, I mean, it's impossible to play defense in the NFL on an individual level. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to cover receivers down the field. So, I mean, defense has gotten harder and worse. Offenses are always always expanding. They're always getting better. And Patrick Mahomes is literally the perfect guy he is. right now to, conti- to to have a team built around because he's just so unique in the way that he plays the game. It, it's it's just crazy, like, thinking about it. I don't want to get too deep into this, but, like, we obviously watched this guy play at Texas Tech. Like, dude was good, but... I thought it was a product of Kingsbury's system. Right. I, I mean, it, there, there are games where he threw 80, 86 times. Right. And threw for 750 yards and, like, four touchdowns. Because, yeah, I mean, they were always, like, an air raid team, right? Oh, yeah. Always that, pass yeah, first. Been air raid as long as I can remember. And so it, it, it's it's just crazy because I, I never I never thought that this guy was capable of, of reaching this level that he has. Um, but, yeah, he, he is uh, – he's outstanding. I mean, with the way that – college football or with the way that the NFL has changed over the last decade or so with it being a lot more pass heavy. Right. Those air raid quarterbacks are starting to translate a little bit. Better. Oh yeah, Mahomes for sure. Looks phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Gardner Minshew still has a place in the NFL. He does. And he was Mike Leach's Washington state quarterback. At, yeah. yeah at, uh, was Washington new. state. Um, so, I mean, it's, that's the change that you kind of see. Uh, back to the game, though. Yeah. At what point did you know, like, okay, we're not going to win this game? When the the final play of the – well, the, the last to the final play of the fourth quarter. So when the Chiefs – when the Chiefs got that touchdown, or what, was it the – yeah, it was a touchdown to, to tie it up. I was like, okay, you know, we're, we're going into overtime against these guys. There is no chance – that we win this game. Especially it, if you would have known what uh, what the 49ers came out and said after yeah. about not having a fucking clue what the oh, new yeah. rules were. Right. That that didn't help either. Yeah. So I actually knew that y'all were cooked way before that, and I will tell you why. So I had taken a prop bet mm-hmm. before the game, and it was for the Chiefs kicker, Harrison Bucker, to have the longest field goal of the game. Now, when Jake Moody comes out and yeah. kicks a 55 fucking yarder and sets the record, I say, damn, I'm fucked. I'm not, I'm not going to hit this bet. That was like the most like layup random bet that I could have possibly placed. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Moody's so-so, not the best kicker in the world. Butker is probably on that upper echelon of kickers. In For the sure. Uh, you know, like a step behind Justin Tucker, but right there with everybody else. Yeah. So when he kicked, when he broke the record, I was like, fuck, that one's done. And then Butker comes out there, kicks a six twenty minutes of you know real time later, yep. and kicks a fifty seven yarder to rebreak the record that had stood for you know barely any time at all. Right, that's when I knew that y'all were cooked because yeah. I was like, the only way that that happens is if they're about to lose. This game. Well, and we we also kind of abandoned the run a little bit. I, I think, in my opinion, um, which was. A problem. Um, I don't. I think as the game progressed, I think McCaffrey. I want to say he wasn't a hundred percent as the game continued to go on. Um, 
you know, I know he had some ankle issues. There were some other issues that were, were brought up as well. But I'm not going to, you know, I'm not one of those guys that's just going to say, okay, well, we lost, you know, because of this player or, or an injury. Um, but, yeah, there, there was a lot of factors that went into it. But Kyle Shanahan, um, yeah, I just – He's a I, choke artist, man. I just want to know why. He did not feel it was necessary to discuss the overtime rules with these players. He's he's a choke artist, man. That's what he does best. Um, Apparently, yeah. I'm good on the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, before we break away, I mean, the 49ers did have an incredible season. They did. There, there's no reason to be like hang your head. No. I mean, this is just going to be NFL fans' realities for the next decade. Right. Probably. Get ready. Uh, and then as soon as – I mean, it's going to be the same thing. Yep. When when Brady retired, Mahomes was waiting in the wings. Right. When Mahomes retired, somebody else is going to be waiting in the wings. And you yep. kind of just have to hope that he's on your fucking team. Right. Like, I yep. mean, that's, that's or clearly – he the, leaves in free agency. Yeah, that's the only way out there. They'll never let him leave. <laughs> no. Um, so, do we want to mention anything in related in relation to the, the NFL MVP? Yeah. We didn't touch on that. Um, so – Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson um, was named the 2023 NFL MVP, as was voted by NFL on Fox. Um, what are your What are your thoughts? I mean, this was pretty clear cut, or, or was it? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. I think your only other option is probably uh, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, CJ Stroud was really up against the odds being a rookie, right? Because the way that they're going to view that is, oh, well, he's going to have. Oh, Plenty more opportunities right. to uh, win this, so we'll give it to. I mean, uh, Lamar deserved it. Oh yeah, he, he definitely Lamar's, deserves. Lamar doesn't have weapons. He was without Mark Andrews for half the year. Right. Uh, Zay Flowers, I mean, rookie number one wide receiver, who's you know all of five nine, one hundred and seventy right. pounds. Big dude had a phenomenal year. Though. Yeah, yeah. Lamar was outstanding this year, and it's it's funny because if you get on Twitter, you're still going to see people with the same argument that he just. <laughs> That he, he can't throw the ball. Right. Or he's a running back playing football or playing quarterback. It's just – it's silly. Yeah, it is. Uh, he's obviously kind of the same thing with the Justin Tucker situation. Yeah. He is on that tier right below Mahomes. Yep, but he it's, is. It's like him, Josh Allen, and that's, that's maybe it. Joe Burrow. Yeah. And that's that's it. Yep. That's um, it. I mean, it's it's not it's not even it's not even really close at this yeah. point. Another award that we need to touch on is uh, the NFL Comeback Player of the Year award, where Demar Hamlin blew a twenty-eight to three lead to Joe Flacco. Yeah, uh, Demar Hamlin opened the season as minus two thousand mm-hmm. because, quite frankly, if you die on the field, <laughs> just suiting back up should net sure. you that yeah. award in most circumstances. It, I just feel like it, it, it with that given, obviously for for obvious reasons. But if we're looking at just straight just play, Joe Flacco, dude, is what 41, 42 years old? Thirty eight. Is he? Okay, see, I thought he was up in his forties. And dude, balled out this year. He looked like they he, signed him off the couch, right? He looked he, like Ravens, Joe Flacco. Yeah, I mean, he literally kept their offense afloat. Yeah. After all their after injuries at quarterback and after Nick Chubb goes down, yep. he literally – they signed him off of the couch and he balled his ass he off. He did. He played, Probably threw a couple more picks than you'd like to see. But, right. I mean, up until the playoffs when they uh, got put out, he was mm-hmm. phenomenal. Yeah. For, you know, the entire season. I think he had like a, what, 
a couple 400-yard games, uh, a couple, I think, maybe one or two 300-yard games. I mean, dude, just, yeah, it, it's hard to yeah. to uh, go against him. But obviously, yeah, DeMar Hamlin, got to give him props for at least coming back this year. Hate to see how his season ended. We won't kind of get into that. Um, I think we probably already discussed that. but uh, With the fake punt, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure we touched on it. We did. <laughs> so, um Next one that that's that uh, last topic that I have in relation to the NFL um, is concerning another quarterback, um, NFL quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. He might be the worst player to ever be suspended for violating violating the NFL PED policy. Um, so he's been what suspended for two games. Um, and then the truth came out. And of course, everybody, I, I knew, I knew that this guy, just seeing this Italian guy, I knew he's not, you know, out shooting up roids. He's not big enough for that. Um, but it ended up being related to a prescribed medication. Um, and he did not take the necessary steps to make sure that this was a valid therapeutic use exemption. He didn't receive an exemption for this prescribed medication. Um, Yeah. Stupid. So stupid. It happens. I mean, so my brain, anytime I see PEDs, my brain immediately goes to steroids. It's kind of like when you're prescribed a medication Mm -hmm. and on the bottle, it says, do not operate heavy machinery. I know that they're talking about cars, but my mind immediately goes to forklift. Right. So it's kind of the same thing. It's like, I mean, half the shit in the pre-workouts on the shelves in today's day and age oh, yeah, would, yeah. Be, yeah. would be PEDs would according to one of these sports uh, policies. Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably a lot easier to do than you think. For sure. Um, I know the uh, Saints rookie quarterback, I think Jake Hayner, he got, he got popped or he popped hot on a PED test like right after the draft wow. and got suspended. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it happens. It does. Hmm. relatively frequently it's not necessarily a baseball thing i mean at least yeah like baseball it, it's almost always steroids, right or but some some variation of the, hgh or a t booster right somehow the good thing is guys only suspended for two games so yeah I mean, not that big a deal yeah uh, is he the raider yeah is he still a raider i think he's the raider yeah so well, i mean like are they gonna have they cut him are the, they going to uh you know i i think at this point I think the Raiders definitely are open to drafting a quarterback in this upcoming draft um, and kind of letting Jimmy Garoppolo walk. I think he's kind of <clears> – <throat> he ended up being benched, and uh, then he had an injury. And so, yeah, he uh, he probably will not be with the Raiders that much longer anyway, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Remember when he was supposed to take over for Tom Brady? Yeah. People thought he was going to push Tom Brady out of the league. You remember when he came to the Niners and he – was a choke artist. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. that's uh, the NFL news. Uh, we'll bounce around here. We got some college football stuff. Yep. So uh, Nick Saban, the GOAT. The GOAT. Will now join ESPN as part of the college game day cast. And he will not pick against Alabama. <laughs> not. Hopefully not. Um, yeah. So, I mean, good move, bad move? Uh, great move. Uh, permanent member of the show. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be very bittersweet, um, 
to watch Alabama games and to not see Nick Saban on the field, you know, wearing his normal Alabama attire, but to get to see him on college game day, which I, 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 I would like to think as a sports fan, as a sports podcaster, um, that I, I try my absolute best to catch every college game day that I can. I think with Saban being on there, I think I'm going to make a little bit of an extra effort to try to watch it. Um, yeah. But- so I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat, except for I generally don't really give a shit right. about college game day right. because they're literally holding Lee Corso hostage up there. Yeah, they are. Let that man retire right. at this point. Yeah. Especially now that you've got uh, basically, a. I mean, you can probably go ahead and replace him yeah. with Saban. I mean, yeah. it's what, like a 15-year age gap? Yeah. But Corso is just not – his mental faculties are not all in place anymore. No, and, and Herb Street does a good job of, of helping you know helping him on the show. But yeah, I think I think it's definitely time to to kind of let him um, right retire. Off the yeah, uh, I do like the move. I, I I would like to see Nick Saban kind of parlay this into a, a bigger role throughout yep. college football. Yeah, um, if they do end up going the likely route of a college football commissioner. Yeah. Um, I would like to see that. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's the natural fit for that. Did you see the um, that there was a poll that I guess it was statewide that um, if Nick Saban ran for Congress, that the state of Alabama would, would definitely vote him in, that he would be the favorite going in? Oh, I'm sure. And which is noteworthy because <laughs> he is pretty openly Democratic. He is. So yeah, if you so- want to turn Alabama blue, just get Saban. Get Saban up there. Cause uh, yeah, it don't matter whether he's red, blue, or white. They go, we we gonna follow that dude. Yeah. Um. In other college football news, this didn't last very long. Ohio State offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien accepted the Boston College head coaching job. He did. Uh, thoughts on that, and then we'll get to the um, aftermath. Yeah, I. I uh, <laughs> well, my 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 uh, my initial thought was we kind of texted back and forth right when this happened. And it's so funny to me because I feel like, and this might be a little, I guess, kind of a, a pissy move on my part, but just all I could think about was that all of those players that, that had transferred, you know, or had went to, to Ohio State, um, you know, and then, then fi- well, initially finding out that they had him as their coordinator, then getting on board with it. And then he just bolted. So yeah, I uh, first off, I think it's hilarious. But I think, to be honest, it's the best thing that could have happened to Ohio State. Yeah. So I'm on record saying that if Ohio State, would, given their talent, their roster talent this coming season, with everything that they've got coming back, with everything they, they added in. the transfer portal and the recruiting class. I was on record saying that the one reason if they did not win the national championship was going to be Bill O'Brien. Yeah. So honestly, this is actually a win-win, and it's, which is rare because I think Ohio State won by a not having him as the OC, mm-hmm. b with who they brought in to replace him, which we'll touch on in just a second. Yeah. And I also think Bill O'Brien is better in a head coaching I capacity. Do I think so too, especially in a place like Chestnut Hills, Massachusetts. Yeah where you're a little bit more out of the limelight, you're yeah. not going to recruit very much talent. You're not expected you to have, be great. Yeah, you're not. I mean, if you give them eight and four, they would love every that. two or three seasons, they'll put, they'll build a statue. Yeah. 
I mean, and maybe, just maybe, you find another Matt Ryan <laughs> slinging the rock over there. Yep. And he brings him in. And, you know, maybe they rise up to number two in the nation again. Who, Who knows? knows? We'll see. Um, so I do. I'd like to move on both sides of that. Yeah. So, in, in touching on what you mentioned, kind of forethought, is the Ohio State, when they lost Bill O'Brien, they went and hired a dude who this literally puts. So I have a I have a bet, a thousand dollar bet that Texas is going to win the national championship next season, and when this move happened, I this it kind of worries me a little bit. So you took Texas against the field for a thousand dollars. I did. Holy shit! I did. Um, and so Ohio Who did State you make this bet with Will. Crazy. So Ohio State ended up bringing in Chip Kelly. Um, to, to replace Bill O'Brien. And, and yeah, in my opinion, you could not have brought in a better offensive mind yeah. for, for, for Ohio State. Especially, they're obviously going all in this year. Yes, they are. So, especially to bring in Chip Kelly mm-hmm. on what is probably going to be a year rental. Yeah. before Because he, he wanted out of the UCLA job. Yeah, so, so badly. badly. I mean, that was so obvious. I mean, it, it popped up around week eight where – you know, the news broke that UCLA wasn't expected to retain Chip Kelly. <laughs> right. Which was crazy already, in my opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. I know he didn't really recapture that Oregon glory right. that he had, but he's still an offensive mastermind. He is. I don't think he's lost his fastball yet. And now you're going to give him Will Howard and Travion Henderson right. and uh, Quinshawn Judkins and. Carnell Tate, and yeah. he, dude, the amount of stuff that you can do with those players. It's going to be scary. On top of their defense was already one of the best in the nation under Jim Knowles. It had already improved tremendously. So Ohio State, honestly, as we stand or sit here today, yeah. would be my pick. Yeah, um, I'm not confident enough to put $1,000 <laughs> on them against the field. Yeah, But I would say right now that – Ohio State is probably my favorite to win it all. Yeah. And, and I think immediately after this hire, I think that was kind of where I uh, where I swung to is in that direction. But, uh, you know, I already made the bet for Texas. I'm going to ride with it. So. Yeah. I, I mean, just the, the swinging door of that entire move yeah. was crazy. It was. Because, I mean, Jeff Hatley leaves – Boston College mm-hmm. to go to the Packers. Yep. So then they bring in Bill O'Brien. Right. Which I think is a good hire as mm-hmm. far as a head coach. But to <laughs> to have who you think is the guy. Right. To leave that late in the process and then you upgrade at OC <laughs> is insane. Yeah, that doesn't happen that often. Um, speaking of coaching carousels, uh, Alabama offense coordinator Ryan Grubb leaves Tuscaloosa, having never coached a game. Uh, to take the offensive coordinator job with the Seattle Seahawks. Is this yeah. still part of Alabama's nightmare offseason, or does it matter? <laughs> I mean, it, it, you you can look at it both ways. I mean, at this point, it's it, it's a part of the nightmare, and it's also a part of just, I, I think, this new age of college football that we're living in, right? So – um, from the nightmare scenario, it, it's tough to lose a guy that you know who had just recently had a had a press conference, you know, announcing that he is uh, he is the the offensive coordinator at Alabama, and so 
The good thing is, is that we don't know how great he was going to be at Alabama. Um, the bad thing is, is that based on what he has, how he has performed elsewhere, I think he would have fared very well at Alabama. That's the bad news. Um, but on the other side of the, the coin, this is just, you, you cannot blame the guy for, for going to a, to a place like Seattle. Uh, and he's from there, coached it. Uh, offense coordinator at Washington last season with DeVore. So you really can't blame the guy. There's no ill will on, on my end. I mean, it's an upgrade. Yeah, it I mean, is. You're going from college offensive coordinator to NFL offensive coordinator. Even, even where you're without not expected to recruit. Yeah. You're not expected to sit down mm-hmm. in recruits' living rooms and have the NIL discussion. And you're not expect. you don't have to sit in your own players' dorm room and say, hey, we want to get you really involved next year. And then they're like, well, that sucks because I'm fucking leaving. Um, for me, to me, this move is not good, but I am indifferent about it. The not good part comes from the fact that you lose an established offensive coordinator right before, you know, right before you take or as soon as you take over for a living legend <laughs> at Alabama. So you want to, I mean, you obviously want to have your coaching staff entrenched pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, so you lose him. You also lose the offensive or the uh, offensive line coach, uh, Scott Huff, leaves mm-hmm. with him. So you had two positions to replace a coach at. Now, the part that it, it's not good because you lose the guy that you trusted to run your offense. Right. Now, they promoted from within. They promoted Nick Sheridan mm-hmm. to uh, OC and Jamarcus Shepard as co-OC. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that they were all in the same coaching staff last year, and Grubb was the chosen one to lead the offense. Right. <laughs> so even if it's by just a modicum of coaching talent or experience or however you want to view it, you can probably safely make the assumption that Ryan Grubb is a little bit better. I'll give you a modicum. I, yeah, well, <laughs> I would gladly accept. Um, but uh, you have to – you have to assume that Ryan Grubb is at least a little bit better yeah. than Nick Sheridan because they were on the same coaching staff. Absolutely. And Grubb was the one that he chose to be the OC. I'm indifferent about it because it wasn't going to cost us any any players in the transfer pool or anything like that. I mean, mm-hmm. he was only on on staff for three weeks. He didn't right. know any of these players. <clears throat> he probably didn't know half their names. Um, if he would have left to be the OC at like Rutgers – I think I would. I'd be a lot more. Oh, concerned. I would be. I would be very, very upset. Yeah, but you you leave for an NFL offense, offensive coordinator mm-hmm. job. So you're you're making a step up in your career. You're going back home. Your salary where, increased. Your obviously. salary increased, and your responsibility decreases mm-hmm. because of the things that I mentioned just a second ago. Yep. Your family is already in Seattle, so that's the reason I'm indifferent about it because. On top of that, it's Kalen DeBoer's offense. Yeah. This probably just means that he has to be a little bit more involved right. in game planning and development on the offensive side than he would have been. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. Right. I mean, Nick Saban was a defensive coach. Right. And we well, that was the thing is Nick Saban was a defensive coach. Outside of you know Kirby being there for five or six years, we lost defensive coordinators right, right and left. left. And, still, and we never cared nope. because it was Nick Saban's defense. Right. It's Kalen DeBoer's offense. Yep. 
it just produced a Heisman candidate, a first-round wide receiver, another 1,000-yard receiver, and an 1,100-yard rusher. Yep. And the Joe Moore offensive line award, right. or award-winning offensive line. Yep. So I'm choosing not to care too much about personnel losses on this offense. Yep. Now, I will worry if we come out and put up 17 against South Florida. <laughs> but... I mean, that's what we did last year. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not good, but I'm indifferent yeah. about it. I don't think it's a death knell. No, um, definitely not. I don't think it's uh, it's going to affect us um, short term. Um, and I definitely don't think it's going to affect us long term. I think I think the guys that we've got in place now are, are will do just fine, just based on the fact they were previously with the board. Like you said, he's an offensive minded guy. He's going to run that offense regardless of who is the official offensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, so moving away from college football now, yeah. that, that kind of covers all the news we've got. Yep. Um, let's jump into a little uh, retired NBA player news. Okay. So, so very, ahead. very uh, interesting is that she, everyone knows Shaquille O'Neal. Um, Shaquille O'Neal becomes the first player in NBA history to have his jersey retired by the Orlando Magic. Um, it was retired on on February the thirteenth, um, which was within that our two week hiatus. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is huge. This is big for not only Shaq, more less so for Shaq, more so for. The Orlando Magic and for other who teams. finally recognized that they had a player <laughs> that played for them and well, was see, good enough to retire his number. <laughs> what's crazy is I feel like even during this ceremony, I, I kept, I just it bothered me how many times Penny Hardaway's name was was mentioned. I'm like, that's a that's a hint, guys. Like, put this guy's jersey up there right next to it, but that probably won't happen. But anyway. Um, yeah, this is big because I, I think you're going to have a lot more NBA teams that are going to kind of start following suit. They're going to start, you know, with the with the exception of the Lakers and teams like that, they're going to start raising, you know, retiring jerseys. And I, I what do you think about it? Um, I think it's deserved. I mean, yeah. he's he's a legend. Um, I never think. won a championship there. I mean, no, but I mean. And I'll we'll touch on that more here in a minute because the next topic we're going to cover is uh, is starting to bug me. But um, no, I mean Shaq's obviously great. I grew up watching him mm -hmm. more so with the Lakers and the Suns and mm -hmm. the Heat and the Celtics than <laughs> I did with the Magic. Uh, but no, I mean he's great. You know, one of the all time greats. Yep. Very well deserved. But yeah, I mean it's. I don't. I'm not as familiar with Penny Hardaway yeah. as a player. Mm -hmm. Now I know I, I used to love playing with him on 2K. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, he's a six foot seven point guard. Right. But I mean, I don't. I don't recall him doing enough to warrant having a jersey retired. I mean, he was a. So basically, insert remove Penny Hardaway, insert Kobe Bryant on that Magic team, um, and basically you you have the. You have the, the the Lakers team that that won you know 
back to back three championships, you know, on, on over, I don't know, however many seasons. And yeah, Penny was just fantastic when they, when they did go to the championship. Uh, if you're a magic fan, I know you don't want to hear this name, but Nick Anderson, um, is the guy that kind of cost you guys the championship that year. Um, and then after that, it, it was just never the same. Um, but yeah, may, maybe, maybe not retire his jersey, but definitely dude was, was very solid in the NBA. Oh. Learn um, something new every day. Yep. Um, next bit of topic, we're going to stay with a little bit of round ball, but we're going to move to the women's side. Uh, Caitlin Clark, Clark passed uh, Kelsey Plum to become the all-time NCAA women's leading scorer. Yep. Kudos to you. Yep. I mean, you, she's the biggest draw in basketball right now. But Jay Williams, commentator, refuses refused to acknowledge or say that she's great yet. Because she hasn't won a championship. And this is where this is the thing that's starting to irritate me is because we we cheapen so many individual accomplishments, accolades, and accolades and how we, we dampen down how good some of these players really are simply because they don't win a title. Right. I actually watched Iowa LSU last year. I did too. National yeah, I did too. First women's college, yeah, women's college basketball yeah. game I've ever watched. Yeah, uh, simply because I wanted to watch Caitlin Clark and Angel, Angel Reese. Reese. Yep. So, Caitlin Clark, I don't even know what her stats were. I don't remember. I do distinctly remember that she was the only person even shooting the fucking ball. Yeah, and it wasn't because she's a ball hog; it's because she's the best player yeah. on the court at any given time. And her teammates are just like, "Hey, shoot it forty times." And there was a lot of double team in that game on right. her. So, I, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, I hear it so often where it's like, oh, well, great player never won the big one. Right. That only happens so often. Right. Same thing. I mean, look at the NFL. Josh Allen. Yeah. Great player. Yeah. Can't win the big one. Yeah. He's a great player. Right. And we're taking away from his legacy because he just so happens to play in the same division as – who will probably go down as the best quarterback of all time when it's all said and done. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's, it sucks. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a little, it's a little unfair um, that there's so much riding on whether you are in a team sport or an individual sport, um, how much success is, given to you or how much how how big you are of a player is mostly rooted in how many championships you have how many rings you have you won how many banners are hanging from the rafters um you know and to an extent yeah of, of course every player's dream is to win a championship no matter what sport they're in but at the end of the day it should not be that should not be the deciding factor on whether a player is great or not. I agree. Um, staying with the same topic, actually, hits a little bit closer than we would have than we realized. Steph Curry beat Sabrina Ionescu, Ionescu. Ionescu mm -hmm. uh, in the three point challenge at All Star Week. Yep. 
she shot from the NBA three she point did. line, which I you said she would. I thought yep. she was shooting from the women's. Hey, look, look, girl lost by two, three. She lost twenty. I think it was where it was a two, twenty-seven to twenty-four, or was it twenty? Yeah, twenty-seven twenty-four. Um, yeah, dude, girl, girl can definitely shoot. This was like the perfect, really lose lose for both. Yeah. Uh, because those that are not as uh, well versed as anybody else <laughs> turned around and said, "Oh well, this is this is why she should have shot from the women's line." Right. Her score would have qualified her for the finals. Yeah, for sure. In the in the three point contest. Yep. Like that's insanity. That's that's crazy. She's yeah. a she's a fucking good shooter. She's a great one. Shooter. Probably one of the best in the world. Might be right behind Curry. Yeah, I mean, to Clay, I, dude, I, I just want to bring this up. What the fuck is wrong with Clay Thompson? He's like thirty five, and he's coming <laughs> off of like several injuries. And he- dude has just lost like his shot. I mean, he had a game a while back. I think he went off, but prior to that, dude, like was yeah, he's, he's was neck and him. neck with Curry. Yeah, well, I mean, he was both of them. I mean, yeah. that was why they were so unfair. Is right. because you had the, the best shooter of all time. And then quite possibly the, the second, second best right. of all time on the same team. And then if you dare get anywhere near within <laughs> five feet of them, yep. you're either going to get a moving screen to yep. your fucking face from Draymond, Draymond Green's big Green. ass shoulders, or you're going to get called for a foul, or they're just going to splash one in your fucking face and demoralize you or while you, they run up 130 on you. Or you wind up in a headlock, yeah. you know, on the floor. <laughs> but I mean, Clay's. So, I mean, you're starting to see the Warriors start to unravel. They are. Uh, Steph is not. They're ninth in the West. Yeah, yeah. Steph has taken a, a good hard step back. Clay yeah. has lost two or three steps. Yeah. And it's I mean, it's not really any of their faults. I mean no. Clay's 34, 35 years old. Yeah. Steph's 35. Draymond's getting up there. Uh and he never really had any offensive skill anyways. Right. Just a defensive um, guy. I mean, yeah, it's crazy because I think it's the NBA is trending in in a new direction now. So it, it's the NBA is made up mostly of younger guys mm-hmm. now than, than ever before. I feel like um, it, it's um, your veteran players. You know, we we still got LeBron. Um, don't know how long we're going to have LeBron. Um, you know, and then a player here and there. But for the most part, you know, it's uh, it's these young guys. You know that are that are coming up stars. John Morant, if he can um, put the guns down, put the guns down, and uh, the, yeah. I mean, Anthony Edwards. They have he has what the Timberwolves first place in the he West, does. right? Yep. He so does. I mean, you've got a lot of. I mean, and it happens. Uh, it usually doesn't happen as monumentally as, of a shift as the NBA has happened, where you just see so many of the vets just start to take that step back, and then you see so many young guys take the next step forward. So I got a question. So who who is going to be the face of the NBA once LeBron retires? Mm. I don't know. Because, I mean, do you want to expand your audience to overseas? Because if you do, I mean, I think Giannis is the probably the poster boy. Yeah. If you want to do that, or Luca. I mean, you still guy. got well Durant, but he, you know, he's right there Durant's, with LeBron. He's on his way out. Probably he's, he's probably done in the next three or so years. Yep. Um, Luca, Luca. Yeah, I was like, hey, Luca. You probably don't want to use Ja. 
Uh, he, it, it is crazy because the dude it, has the potential. It, yo, yeah. If Ja could rebrand his image in the next year or two, he could easily be the face of the league for, sure. for a decade. Like he just has to, he just has to rebrand and make better decisions off the court. Right. But he, he is talented enough to be the guy. He is. Um, I mean, you look at, I mean, Wimanyama. I mean, he very well may be. Yeah. Especially if he stays healthy and on the court. I mean, right. Talking about a seven foot four Frenchman. But I mean, there's just so much. The if you look at the top twenty five players in the mm-hmm. NBA, I would wager probably I, I would venture a guess that at least fifteen of those are from overseas. Oh, for sure, They're, for sure. I, Paolo Benchero, that's another one to yeah. look at. I mean, he's yeah. fucking awesome. He's he's great. He's um, great. So I mean, there there's so many players that that you can kind of look at, but I don't really know where you would go at this point, right? Uh, hopefully we've got LeBron around for a couple more years and we yeah. don't have to worry about it yet. Yeah. Uh, but now that we're talking about LeBron, let's go ahead and uh, discuss the next one. So uh, he is unsure whether he would prefer a farewell tour, farewell tour for his final season in the NBA, or if he would rather just Tim Duncan it and dip. <laughs> what uh, would you rather see him do? I, you know, I, I'm I'm one of those guys, and I I was. I was kind of, I mentioned this to you, um, venturing off into to another sport. When Tim Saban, not, I said Tim Saban, not Tim Saban, uh, when Nick Saban retired from Alabama, you know, I think it was a Wednesday. Um, and I remember saying, like, why couldn't he have just informed us that this is it? This is my this upcoming season is my last year, one last hurrah. Like this is my quote unquote, call it what you want, farewell tour. Um, I just think it's it, it's it's a good thing. It, it's it's different as a professional athlete than yeah. it is a coach, yeah, a, it a is. college coach. Because if you are in Nick Saban's shoes and you decide because he decided five minutes before a team meeting, he yeah, was, he was interviewing coaches. Five minutes before he went out there and broke it to the new, broke the news to the team that he was retiring. Right. But if, as an Alabama fan, put yourself in these shoes, okay? Think about it from this side of the coin. He comes out and says, "Hey, one last hurrah. This is this is the end. I'm done after this year." Right. Look at what that recruit. Think about what that recruiting class is going to look like the next year. It's going to be sh- just shockingly bad. Yeah. You're well, going to have a bunch of two and three star in-state guys that never would have played for Alabama <laughs> having to come in just to fill holes because he couldn't effectively recruit because he's not going to be there next year. Right. You're having to fill guys that are just – they just wanted a shot to play. And it, maybe it pans out, but the likelihood of several two or three star guys panning out is not as good as four and five star guys. Or they bring it or he brings in a fucking loaded class for one season, wins a natty, bolts, and then after he retires, everyone fucking buy and transfers like they did. Right. But you know what? I think now, like can I say that I'm glad that Nick Saban is retired? Hell no. But I do think he made the best decision for himself. And And to be honest with you, he didn't compromise Alabama that Mm -hmm. much. No, he didn't. I mean, we lost a lot of bodies, but we didn't lose a lot of producers. Right. I I mean, obviously, like you can't, 
make up for losing Caleb Downs. Like he's going to be a fucking all pro safety in <laughs> right. three years. Uh, Caden Proctor, your left tackle, losing him sucks because I think he has all the potential in the world to be a top 10 pick. Isaiah Bond sucks to a degree, but I mean, he's a 600 yard receiver. I think he'll be more than that at Texas. I don't. I, th- I think he's going to be great. I-, I think Texas has sort of the same problem that Alabama did a few years ago where they just had too many mouths to feed. And, I mean, Quinn Ewers isn't great throwing the ball down the field. No. Yeah. Which I is kind of where Isaiah Bond excels Yeah, is as a deep threat. I mean, he's going to fill the Xavier Worthy slot, so mm-hmm. basically just take Xavier Worthy's stats and copy and paste them to Isaiah yeah. Bond's this year. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, we got off the rails a little yeah, bit right there. Yeah, so back to LeBron. Uh, personally, I kind of want to see him do a farewell tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've been around with us since episode one, you know I'm a massive LeBron fan. I don't want to be blindsided by his retirement. Hmm. I know it is imminent. Mm-hmm. I know it is. It's coming. It, it, it's on its way. I don't want to be blindsided by it, though. Yeah. And it might be extended a year by what if Bronny decides to come back. So did you see the report? I saw something that said that he's expected to enter the draft no matter what. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. I saw about the the mock draft and that he was expected to to enter or I guess go into the NBA draft in 2025. And he may. Uh, I, I, so I've seen. There's been a lot of talk about mm-hmm. this over the last like two weeks or, yeah. or so, really since we decided to take a break. Yeah. Um, I have seen someone say that Bronny is expected to enter the draft no matter what. I have seen him projected as a potential lottery pick in the 2025 draft. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like. I, I think that. To me, that's the. I feel like that might be the most likely. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, I'm kind of torn on what I think he does. I mean, the good thing for him is that name value alone is going to get him a <laughs> roster spot for a year. Yeah. Uh, I and so somebody brought up a point that I saw on Twitter earlier because a lot of people like to shit on Bronny because he's only averaging like five points a game, right? But think about, I mean, remember, I mean, he <clears throat> fell out at practice and almost died. He did. He had a cardiac arrest event. Yep, he did. Think, I mean, DeMar Hamlin essentially suffered the same thing. Right. Think about, you know, I mean, we would think about Bronny a lot differently if the cameras were on for that practice and we saw that happen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, yeah, it would, it would, he would be judged from a completely different angle. Far sure. more generously yeah. than he is right now just because of who, what his name is right. and how people view his dad. Yep. Um, but no, I mean, which is unfair to an extent. It is. It probably didn't do him a whole lot of favors by naming him <laughs> LeBron James Jr. Right. Um, especially since he didn't get the uh, the hype gene. I mean, right. he's 6'4", but you know, his dad's 6'8". So. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I kind of want to see the farewell, t- farewell tour. Yeah, I think we all – I think anybody who loves the game of basketball, the NBA, just wants to see him go out, you know, to, to have his games where, you know, see him – um, you know, do the the jersey swap in game, you know, and all the all everything that'll come with it. Like it, uh, it would be crazy. Yeah, but um, it's also, I mean, you're talking about the the face of the league for the last two decades, and he's still producing at a pretty good rate. Do you think he retires as a Laker? I'm gonna say no, because I mean, you already heard rumblings that the <laughs> Lakers were thinking about trading him and AD and yep. just tearing it down. Yep. 
I don't think LeBron really cares to be in LA a whole lot longer. No. They're obviously not going to win anytime soon. No. They're not going to win a title. They're not. The roster isn't constructed to win a title. And this is kind of the position that LeBron keeps putting himself in Mm -hmm. where he surrounds himself with people that he likes and can get along with. But to do that, you also have to allow a 38 year old LeBron to be the centerpiece. Right. Where if he just decided, hey, look, let's go get a young superstar. Mm -hmm. I'll take a step back. I'll be the two. I'll be your second option. Yep. You know, my stats are going to drop a little bit. I might only average, you know, 20 a game. (laughs) Right. You know, 25. Yeah, 28 and five or something. But, I mean, he – it's also kind of an ego thing for him where he just has to be willing to take that step back. Which I think he would. I think he would. I I do. But I – to my point, I think – I do not believe that LeBron James retires as a Laker. Um, Anyone who has been listening to this – podcast since episode one um, knows that I am I'm a big Heat fan and so I was a big Heat fan with LeBron and without LeBron and before LeBron um, and so yeah it, it was awesome you know to have Bosch, LeBron and, and uh, Ray Allen and, and uh, D. Wade um, yeah those were, those, were, those were great times and I truthfully believe that I think there is a small chance that LeBron and Bronny find their way on the Heat's roster. Think so? I do. I think that I think it's a very, very minimal chance. But I, there's been some discussion, some rumblings that um, Bronny would prefer to play in Miami, and uh, that you know. Bron's gonna, Bron's gonna follow Bron. So, um, I think he wants the opportunity to play with his son, be the first father-son duo in the history of the NBA. That's that's crazy. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll get to get to see them two play together someday. Um, let's go into something that happened in the collegiate level um, in basketball. So, Duke Blue Devils, Kyle Filipowski, got hurt a few days ago. And let's, let's just, there, there's so many different reasons on, on why a collegiate player gets hurt during or after or before a basketball game. This guy gets hurt. After the University of Wake Forest upset Duke and Wake Forest stormed the court. Did you, I'm sure you, along with everyone else, saw the video. What were your, what was your initial reaction to the video? Um, I mean, it's been dissected and bisected and overanalyzed. I kind of fall right in the middle. (laughs) So, I mean, like. Obviously, our favorite team doesn't really storm courts or rush fields when we win. Right. It's just kind of not really in the repertoire. Right. Um, I've kind of gone back and forth on it because... But I'm not... Let me just say, I'm not against storming the court. Yeah, my thing is like, if you remove it entirely, 
then you you take one of the few things away from college sports that makes college sports so fun. Yes. And it's that underdog story. It, you should only be able to rush the court if you were an underdog. Underdog, right. Like a betting underdog. Right. Not, hey, we're four-point favorites <laughs> at home. And we and won. We're gonna, <laughs> and we beat them by four points. So we're going to storm the court because, you know. Because we can't. Because they're ranked higher than us and they're a bigger brand. Right. Um. I, I've struggled with it. I've gone back and forth. I'm kind of of the opinion that it's like, look, storm the court, leave the players alone. And if you choose not to and they beat the shit out of you, <laughs> that should be, it should be fair game. But did you, so during the video, did, did it look as though maybe to you that the, 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 the Wake Forest, the, the Wake Forest fan was intentionally trying to to hurt Kyle Filibowski. Uh I wouldn't say intentionally trying to hurt him. I mean, I think your goal in that in that instance, your goal is to I want to make my presence known. Yeah, the right. fact that my favorite team, this the team that I go to school at, just beat you mm-hmm. in an athletic event where you, the perception of the nation is that you are supposed to, uh, supposed to win. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was to hurt. I don't think that was the intention. I think it's, I want to get in this guy's face for a second. Right. This is this is not a moment I'm ever going to get to have again. <laughs> I want to scream at him. I want to call him a punk-ass bitch because yep. he goes to Duke. Yep. And I, I think, I do think Kyle Filipowski kind of leaned into it a little bit to where. He might be soft. I'm not going to say soft, but I'm going to say at a certain point, like, if you've got 5,000 people running at you, your fight or flight instinct kind of kicks in to a degree. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, you do just kind of want to get out of that situation. So right. when somebody's encroaching upon your personal bubble, you might, you know, like, oh, fuck, like stick my leg out. Right, right. Because, I mean, if you go back and watch it, there was clearly a guy that was running behind Kyle mm-hmm. Filipowski that right. was trying to push or hit or whatever yep. on him. So, I mean, it, it's a shitty situation. This is the most talk that I've <laughs> seen about court storming in a while yep. to the point where I actually feel like something might be done about it. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that it's like, I don't think we should do away with it entirely. Definitely not. Because it does. I mean, that is part of what makes college sports so fun. For me, I feel like that this gives, if anything, uh, well, I, let me rewind. I definitely don't think it was intentional. Um, I don't think the intention of the fan was to hurt a Duke player, let alone Kyle Filibowski. But I do feel like that again, Duke finds them, they find ways to put themselves in these odd, weird, sometimes even fucked up situations. <clears throat> I mean, and, the irony of this is that Duke beat Clemson at home last year and right. rushed the field. Yeah. And now that it gets done to them, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, somebody got, unfortunately, somebody did get hurt. I do think it's only a matter of time before something really bad does happen. Like somebody gets trampled or some shit? Either trampled or you have a star athlete that suffers an actual like serious injury. Like a career, like, like I wouldn't a say career, a career ending injury. I wouldn't say career ending, but at least like season altering. Right. 
And I think that's probably when it'll be truly put a stop to. Yeah, when there's like lawsuits and shit involved. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, that's really what it's going to have to be. Oh, yeah. Somebody's going to have to get hurt, and then and either sue. that player or that school is going to have to sue. The shit out of them. Yeah, they'll <laughs> sue the, the person responsible. They'll sue the school. Yep. Whatever security team security that they team, employ, right. if it's a third party, yep. they're going to get sued. I mean, it, it'll get <laughs> Everybody's messy. getting fucking sued. Yeah, it'll get messy for a minute. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much my take. Yep. Don't do away with it entirely, but do maybe find a way to be smarter about it. Right. So, we got, I see there's one more story, one more topic that we have, and you will kind of let you take the lead on this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cam Newton, ever heard of him? He's a big motherfucker. Yeah, he's a big guy. 6'6", 250, made a living for about a decade, ragdolling 300-pound <laughs> defensive linemen and 260-pound linebackers. Yep. A few people of mere mortal size and strength took it upon themselves to try to fight him. <laughs> now, why anyone in their ever-loving mind would do such a thing is beyond me. That is now. I did watch a uh, an interview clip with the two of the people responsible for genius. this, and uh, yeah, they they basically went out there, and you know, obviously, there's two sides to every story. <laughs> they got to the to the mic first, and uh, they said that Cam Newton was running his mouth for a few days. <laughs> and they said, "Hey, look, y'all y'all only saw one side of it. Y'all saw the y'all saw the conclusion of the problem, but y'all didn't hear what he was saying to us." <laughs> For two days leading up to this. Unfortunately, I don't think it matters if he started it or not. My thing is, <laughs> first of all, Cam Newton is on a very long list yeah. of athletes that I don't want to fucking fight. Absolutely not. And I, I'm confident in my abilities to handle myself, but I also am man enough to recognize when I'm severely physically overmatched. Yeah. He's got six inches and 30 pounds on me. Yeah, it's and, a it, big and, son and of way a... faster. Yeah, <laughs> probably way stronger. Um, yeah, I mean, this was stupid. Very. <laughs> I mean, it was just it was idiotic to try to fight him, and it's unbelievably embarrassing to a get beat up when you're three or four on one. It's even more embarrassing to get put in a chokehold while he ragdolls your buddy. All while his Wicked Witch of the West hat never comes off. Right. You know, this this brings up like a interesting topic. So when when I when I started reading about this, you know what it instantly made me think about? Dak Prescott, Panama City. Yep. <laughs> so uh why don't you why don't you give us do you remember that story, how that how that I don't remember out? the whole thing, but wasn't he was at what, La Vila? Yeah, I think it was a club La Vila in, in Panama City Beach, yeah, Florida. Cracked on the head with a beer bottle. And, and it was Alabama out, fans. Jump. Yeah, we don't have to mention that part. Oh, oops. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I like Dak. Yeah. I think he's a fine football player. Probably yeah. gets a bad reputation because of where he plays. Yeah. But, I mean, let's be honest. Though. I mean, he did get jumped. He did get hit in the head with a beer bottle. He did. That's not, not as fair, not as fun. No. But uh, I'm pretty sure there was – there was a lot of talk prior to that as well. I'm sure. You know, uh, most people don't. They most the, ordinary citizens don't go around just attacking right. and assaulting people for no reason. Pretty sure they were also the 
or no, that was during the off season. I'm thinking of later on when they were the, the number one team in the country. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that's instantly what this brawl kind of reminded me of. Yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe one day we'll do a list of. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Maybe former athletes we just absolutely wouldn't fuck with under any circumstances. <laughs> yeah, that would that would take a long time. Cam is at least an honorable mention. He's up there, <laughs> right next to like Alex Ovechkin or whatever his fucking name is. Ovechkin. Ovechkin. I don't want to fight any hockey players. Fuck no, dude. Dude, they fight on ice. Yeah, and on fucking ice, they they fucking get like fucking teeth knocked out and and just keep going. Yeah, like like I I, I don't I don't understand shit about hockey, but no. I understand. It's How, fun as fuck to play. I remember I used to play hockey games. I've, I've never played hockey in my life. They were pretty fun. But I will say that for the level of coordination it takes to get into an all-out fist fight with someone who is 6'5", 250, <laughs> while on ice, yeah. is unbelievable. Did you see the football ice league? Ice oh, league. dude, yes. That is that Please is great. make this a thing. Make this a thing. Like, it, uh, I think I saw a, a TikTok video of, of – um, dude running a little halfback uh, pass and and yeah, crazy. Make yeah. make this a thing. Um. So if you've been a listener of Traditions Finest for the last few episodes, yep. you know that I'm on a a personal journey to watch as many movies that I missed out on in my childhood as I can. And one of the movies that I watched recently was Full Metal Jacket. Yep. So, this, A Clockwork Orange, and Pulp Fiction are three movies that I've watched recently that I thought that I had figured out before mm-hmm. going into, and I was way fucking wrong. Yeah. So, we're, we're just going to focus on Full Metal Jacket today. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I should have known that it was going to take a twist when I saw that Stanley Kubrick was the director. Yeah. Um. I've seen so many clips, memes, GIFs, <laughs> or GIFs, or whatever they are, uh, and and heard it quoted so much oh, yeah. from it the drill sergeant. Right. And I thought that that was how the movie was going to be. <laughs> and for the first 45 minutes, it, it was. was. And it was hysterical, and it was a great time. <laughs> and then all fucking hell broke loose. <laughs> yeah. Because... And, and, like, look, this is basically my visceral reaction because this movie came out in 1987, right. eight years before I graced this earth with my presence. Yeah. I have never seen it. I've never even gotten a spoiler for it. And I'm actually a little bit upset about that because this is one of those movies that you actually want a spoiler alert for. Yeah. Because when Gomer Pyle, the the, <laughs> the shift in his personality <laughs> after he gets that soap bar beat down. <laughs> To where he eventually just fucking snaps. Yeah. I had I did not see coming. I mean to, I feel like that's real life. Like that's real life shit though. Like I could it just that it felt wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. No. Um but I mean I've got a lot of friends that were in the military. They don't mention anything quite that drastic. No, no. But uh I mean for him to lose his mind and then blast the drill instructor with a seven six two round yeah. and then blast himself with it. Yeah. And then it basically just cuts off right there and fast forwards a few years into the future where they're getting picked apart by a Vietnamese sniper. Yeah. Dude. It's all over the place. I had no idea where that movie was going. 
from the minute that I click play. I could not have imagined that it was going to go that route. Great movie. Um, Great movie. Anyway, so we've, we've been debating on whether we're going to do a finest five today. I'm going to go ahead and make the executive decision that we're not because I'm about to shit my pants. Okay. Um, and well, I have there to you get, go. I have to get <laughs> diapers. So uh, you got to get diapers for your you. No, not for me. Baby. For the baby. I guess you, you I guess mentioned was, shitting. And yeah, then. yeah. I guess that wasn't the most thought out <laughs> sentence of my life. Uh, now I have to get diapers for my baby. Okay. Uh, she's doing great, by the way. For yeah. any of you that are concerned, um, and I also have to take a man size shit. So. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up with no yeah. finest five. We did not have a topic yet. We did not, but so, we will have one next week. Yeah, we will. We'll be back in action next week. Um, so that wraps it up. Welcome. Thank you so much for, for coming back. And, and for all you new listeners, thank you for, for listening. Um, so you have listened to the Traditions Finest Podcast, episode 27. I'm JD. I'm Spencer. And we hope you guys will come back and listen to us again next week. Yep. Thanks, guys.